Welcome to the Mindfuckery podcast, which is featured in Feedspot's top 10 of emotional abuse podcasts. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and in here, we explore the areas where others fear to tread. I'm the founder of The Divorce Sanctuary and Wound Talking. I'm also author of Finding Lily, The A to Z of Emotional Abuse and Divorce Matters. I've been a woundologist for over 20 years, working with past life wounds, clearing ancestral trauma and working with this life wounding. It's through my own personal journey I know how much this hurts and how confusing life becomes. So many questions, no real answers. I'm on a mission to educate as many people as I can on the effects of trauma on our lives and our children's lives, healing those wounds and healing the wounds of our mothers and our fathers. It stops here, it stops now and it stops with us. So welcome along for the journey of a lifetime. And you are so very, very welcome. This week, I want to talk about loss of identity and I want to talk about self-care. And if you can stay on your body, I'm going to talk about that a bit more and why that is so important. And then adding in the self-care and how that can help you understand who you really are, process what's gone on and why you're confused, what's been going on in your life that has got you to this point, and then see the patterns. I think that's a really important process. See the patterns that run throughout your life and throughout your relationships, and then start maybe putting boundaries in place, uh, building yourself back, putting yourself back together. At the time of writing Finding Lily, I think I was tweaking it. I'd written the whole thing. I came across, I think it was a blog post or something, and it was from Glennon Doyle. And she said, this is what I learned. You can be shattered and then you can put yourself back together piece by piece. But what can happen over time is this. You wake up one day and you realise that you've put yourself back together completely differently. (laughs) Actually, that's just reminded me of something called kintsugi, which is a Japanese art form. It's a a form of repairing broken objects. What they actually do is they put them back together with gold. So kintsugi actually means join with gold. And it's usually a pot or something like that. And they put this gold lacquer in between the shards and bring it together. And by doing this, they're creating an even more beautiful object through that act. It's not uncommon to come out of an emotionally abusive relationship feeling dazed and confused and wondering who you are what happened how did you get to this point coercive control is an act or a pattern emotional abuse is coercive control it's a pattern carried out through forms of threats and humiliation and intimidation it's a manipulation the whole relationship was about power and control And coercive control is emotional abuse. It's used to harm and it's used to punish a victim. It's used as a form of behaviour to make a victim dependent on the abuser. And they isolate their victim from their friends and family. They exploit them. They deprive them of their independence. They regulate their everyday behaviour. Coercive and controlling behaviour doesn't relate to one single incident it's a pattern and it occurs over time and as I said 
it's to exert power and control over another person. Now, the person doing this, the person that's creating this drama, the person that's wanting the power and control is actually the more insecure partner who lives in fear of abandonment. And this coercive control creates invisible trains. People might ask, why didn't you leave sooner? How could you not see what was going on? And perhaps on some level you did. You might have seen red flags. You might have felt that something was wrong or off in the relationship. But we have a survival mode. Our body and our minds are designed to survive. That's why a child cries. They know that by reaching out verbally, they can communicate on a level with their mother or their father and their needs will be met. It might take a little while to work out whether the child's crying because it's uncomfortable and it needs winding, whether it needs to cha a change of nappy, whether it's hungry. But the parent, the mother or the father starts to learn the cries and over a period of time, as that baby develops into a child, they start to become aware of asking and reaching out in different ways. But survival is inbuilt. So it might be that you didn't leave initially because you're surviving. You don't know how outside of the relationship you're going to survive. It might be that you've been told on repeat that you can't live without this person that they're the best thing that's ever happened to you and when you're told this continuously you start to believe it and then you start to wonder how you would survive on your own without them if you've been financially controlled you won't have the resources and they manipulate you by undermining the people around you telling you that you can't trust them they're not there looking out for you, not like the abuser is. And this cycle of abuse that goes round, they take you round this wheel and they go from idealisation to devaluation to discard to idealisation to devaluation to discard. Each stage gets shorter. So that love bombing, that idealisation, that time that your soulmates and you can't live without them and, and they're, that you're the best thing that's ever happened to them, they're never going to do this again. They promise and promise and promise this isn't going to happen until they start devaluing you and then they start discarding you and then they whiz you back round. But each time this gets shorter, each time the stages get shorter, and then you come out of this relationship, whether you escape or whether they discard you with the final discard, it doesn't really matter because the damage has been done. Some people wake up, some people wake up to the abuse and they say, I'm done now, I can't do this anymore. And they walk away and they're able to plan how to get out. And other people will go through that very painful discard stage. It doesn't matter on whichever way you get out. There is a damage. It's like Chinese water torture. It's done very slowly. It's drip fed. You're, this information is drip fed. So one minute they're praising you and telling you how amazing you are. And then a few sentences later, they're criticising you. It might be a few weeks later, they're criticising you for the very thing that they thought was amazing about you. And then not only that, they create these invisible chains and they're the ones that stop you from walking away. 
there's also the fake future. The fake future, if you think about a slot machine, you're standing in a casino or an arcade and there's a machine in front of you and you've got a bag of coins or a cup of coins or a pocket full of coins and you put your money in and they're set up so you make a little win and then you put that back in and you make a little win. But the win is smaller each time, but you're waiting for that jackpot. This is what happens with the fake future. You're standing there, only the money is your energy. It might be physical money, it might be objects, but you're feeding this in to the machine. It might be your time. It might be giving up things for the relationship, for the abuser, part of your personality, and you're waiting for that payout. And this is what happens in these relationships. You've been promised a fake future that isn't going to happen, was never going to happen. That wasn't part of the plan. That's not how a fake future is created. It's created on beliefs. Um, and those beliefs have got just a sprinkling of what you want for your future, mainly around the abuser and what they want. But there's a sprinkling of your dreams and your hopes and your wishes for the future, how you want to spend your life, your retirement, how you foresee your future. It isn't real. It was never going to be real, but it was so believable. And that is why you stay. One of the reasons you stay, you go to move and then something happens and they do something and they remind you of this future. It's like the carrot dangling a carrot over a donkey. They dangle that carrot. You're waiting for your next hit of hormones because they get you hooked up to the oxytocin and the dopamine hits. You found yourself in a manufactured world, a life that was created and you're living in fear. So some of the examples of coercive control, uh, I have mentioned a couple of them, isolating you from friends and family. They can be monitoring you and this can be done through spyware. It could be done via online communications. They take control over aspects of your everyday life such as who you can see and where you can go and what you can do in some instances what you can wear and when you can sleep and they deprive you of access to support services that might be medical services they're repeatedly putting you down telling you that you're worthless humiliating you degrading you dehumanizing you turning you into an object which is really interesting I used to speak about this a lot turning you into an object, not a person, controlling your finances, making threats, intimidating you. The dehumanizing aspect that they see everything in their life as an object. It has no feelings. It has a use. So if you looked at or take, for example, a washing machine or a fridge freezer or a kettle, it's an object. It has a role to play and that's what they do. They see people as objects and in the same way that they have created a persona for themselves based on what they believe you're looking for in a partner, they too create a scenario and a persona for you. So when you don't live up to the expectations of the persona that they've created for you, you then become surplus you become defunct, you become broken. And this is how they can justify their behaviour because it's not their fault and their behaviour that's questionable. It's yours because you're not living up to the unrealistic expectations that they've created for you. 
And you might even remember, or it might be something you're going through at the moment, thinking, but that isn't me and I'm not that person. And they're trying to put, put you into this category. And that's how they do it. They justify it because you are an object to them. And objects that are broken and because you're not living up to your expectation of or their expectation of you are removed thrown away what do you do with a broken washing machine what do you do with a broken kettle or a broken fridge freezer they might be removed for recycling taken to the tip dumped and these people have no empathy and no emotion because they can't connect they've never had or never been in a position where they've gone through certain developmental stages and they've broken away and seen themselves as an entity they have to be with another person that's how they feel whole they can't feel whole on their own it takes time to untangle from these invisible chains it takes time to understand what was going on and an emotional abuse erodes your personality it might be that you actually don't know who you are because you are never in a position or allowed to investigate to research to, to find out we live in tribes and as as part of our survival system we have learned that it's not safe to be kicked out of a tribe so if we go back centuries uh, to say caveman days or living in the savannah and we lived in a tribe and we would go and move with that tribe we would eat with that tribe and people might break off into smaller tribes but as a big whole it might be that you have a group that would cook a group of hunters a group that looked out and protected but to be kicked out to do something wrong and to be kicked out of that tribe really meant that you probably weren't going to survive on your own and this is this innate survival that is it it's inside us this we respond and we react in fact we probably react rather than respond and once everything's calmed down and we can start to think about how all of this stuff comes together how we're going to move forward it might be a reaction that we're coming from and that survival reaction might be that the abuse is going on I will stay where I am it's safer because I know the terms and this is why a lot of people go back to these relationships because it feels safer in the relationship than it does out of the relationship and it's the same is this survival from being removed from a tribe a person trying to survive on their own probably meant death it doesn't now we could go off and we can live separately but this is a survival mechanism that's built into our dna our brains are wired to survive children cry so that they get fed and changed their needs are met so out of that relationship where it feels unfamiliar and the brain has been fed this information that you won't survive without them they're the best thing that's ever happened to you and you list the things that you heard your brain has been trained to listen to that information so every time something different comes up it feels weird it hurts it goes against what you've been told and this is where the cognitive dissonance comes in and and i talk about these like it's the two sides of, of this are your brain coming together like clackers and the information that you've been told by the abuser which is probably a lie there might be an element of truth in it 
is clashing with the truth that you're finding. And a lot of people then go back into these relationships because they can't cope. They don't know how to survive on their own because nothing seems safe. And in the relationship, even though it's unfair, it feels safe. And what do we want to do? We want to survive. And this is why some of the most important things that you can do for yourself with self-care are things like breathing. Learning how to breathe sounds the most bizarre thing. Do it every day. I do it when I'm asleep. Learning how to breathe and turn off some of the internal dialogue that's going on. Box breathing. I'll put the links in the description. And when you master box breathing, you can start to reprogram your brain by changing the counting into positive affirmations. So initially with the rumination that takes you out and you spin and you can't think and the emotions inside you are screaming, your mind is screaming, everything hurts. From your nerve endings, your skin, this is trauma, everything hurts. But learning to come into your body, the body is the safest place, believe it or not, it's the safest place you can be. Your head was poisoned, your head has been manipulated, your thoughts have been changed. And if you think back, and for some, this happened from a young age, if you've been in a relationship with someone since you were at school or at college or at university. This has been going on, it could have been going on all of your married life, all of your relationship. You've been listening to this information to all of a sudden start challenging it. It can be quite scary. Now, I talk to people and work with people that have been in these relationships for like 30 something years. So it can be really, really scary to challenge. But if you can think back, it might be that when you started to hear some of this information, you might have challenged it then and thought, why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? Just a while ago, you were telling me how amazing I was when I did that. And now you're criticizing me for it. That's really weird. Why have you changed? And it's those little tiny red flags that you might have seen. And then they did something else. When you challenged them, they were like, oh, no, I was only joking. I was only kidding. You're too sensitive. And they do this over and over a period of time, over years, over decades, so to then come out, you've probably forgotten. And it might be that fleeting. Why, why are you saying that? I remember, I remember that a few times. I saw the red flags. That's why I say you probably saw the red flags because I did. I saw the red flags and I went to question or I did question and I was given an answer or it was laughed off or it was silly. Oh, I was only joking. So the mind has been tricked. And when you have got all this information and you actually don't know which bit's true and which bit's not true, being your body is the safest place. You can allow your mind to calm down and stop fighting with each other. And once you're able to do that, you're also able to calm down your nervous system, regulate everything, and then you can start to process. So some of the self-care, breathing, box breathing is counting. Pick your favorite number might be six, it might be five, it might be seven. You breathe in and you count. There are a couple of things going on here. One, you're regulating your nervous system. Two, you're focusing on counting and 
you should be able to stop the thought process because you're focusing on doing something else. So when you're wondering what they're up to or you've got it all wrong and they weren't the abuser, you were the narcissist or you're the abuser, perhaps you've got it all wrong and they were right and you've made this big mistake by counting and breathing, you can start to counteract that for the moment to give yourself the clarity and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to stop the confusion. So counting, so you breathe in and count one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever the number is. And then you hold your breath and you hold your breath and you count for the same amount of time. And then you breathe out, counting to the same number. And then you hold your breath and you count again. And you keep repeating this. Another thing you can do at the same time, incorporated, Or you can do both of these things first thing in the morning, middle of the day, every hour. Stay in your body is the most important place to be. Honest Conversations was a game changer for me. And I will be releasing the course that I uh, ran over the weekend as a downloadable course. I will be editing that shortly and, and that will be available. And then journaling. Now, I've also got Um, I think it's 34 journaling prompts. It's a free downloadable thing as well as a self-care book. Journaling is amazing for helping you. Writing your story is another thing that is really, really helpful. So get yourself into your body, particularly if you have a bout of rumination where you keep going over everything. This is all my fault. I did something wrong. It wasn't them, it was me. I've, I've got it all wrong. You can then get in your body and then start writing what actually happened. When you start writing what happened, you see the patterns. I always think it's really helpful to have the story written out so you can refer back to it, whether it's in a notebook or a diary. A diary is really helpful, particularly when you're healing, to help you concentrate on where you're supposed to be doing, where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing at certain times. The mind has got so much going on. What we're trying to do is find a way of calming everything down, the body and the mind, so that they come together. And self-care is so important. It is one of the most important things you can do, whether you do it once a week and set yourself some time aside and really, really focus on it. I encourage you to do something daily if you can. Maybe that's just setting your alarm 10 or 15 minutes early but I also know because I've experienced horrendous adrenal fatigue I know that sometimes when you're going through those bouts adrenal fatigue is horrendous that you can't sleep and then you sleep and then you sleep through your alarm and then you're late and oh it was just a horrendous horrendous time I remember it so so clearly there are cortisol patterns that are going on I'm think I did a podcast on it. I'll link that into the notes as well. You lose your identity because it was taken away from you. Because for you to have an identity means that you're a person, an individual. Remember, the abuser has created their persona. They've created and made a persona based on what they thought you wanted. But what they've also done is they've given you a persona and they've eroded your personality. They've eroded your life 
everything, your belief system, your boundaries were broken because they've tried to change you to have you fit into the person that they wanted you to be, which isn't actually a person, it's an object because they dehumanize you because it's easier for them then to discard you because you're not fit for purpose. Like the kettle that's scaled up or the washing machine where the drum has broken or the fridge freezer that where the freezer is just over freezing the seals have gone so start looking at what you can do and these simple things grounding just see roots coming out of the bottom of your feet and going into the earth and it doesn't matter whether you're 10 floors up in a flat you can still visualize them going in and down to the earth like a tree has roots that are solid and stops it falling over you can visualize the same thing and then you can visualize the nutrients coming up from the earth nurturing you being in your body i promise you is the safest place you can be i will put the links to my book on self-care my journaling book my grounding meditation my breathing meditation and i can't think of anything else i'm sure there will be something else that i can put in there that will help you grieving the past the present and the future is really helpful i'll put my workbook my, the link to my workbook for that in there as well find a little space within your home and your body will automatically at any point you go there it will start to recognize that as a safe space so start looking at things that you can create create rituals over routines rituals have more purpose they're luxurious they have more meaning and purpose a routine you can think well I have a routine in the morning I have a routine at work I have a routine whereas a ritual has you can do something even making a cup of tea in a certain way you can have the kettle boil for a certain period of time the tea bag or the tea maybe it's fresh tea leaves you use brewing for a certain period of time you can ground while you're doing it you can do all sorts of things and, and build that into a ritual a ritual is richer nurturing so start to think about things that will nurture you that will help you because once you stay in your body, you're coming out of survival. You can start to think of the future. You can start to plan and look at your finances and what you can do and start to look at ways of creating a future that's going to benefit you. I hope this has been useful. I hope it's been really, really helpful. And as always, I'm sending you loads and loads of love until next time.